PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites. Archive, distribute, and display your photos in a flash-free, responsive website. Try one for free for 14 days at PhotoShelter.com. Get our latest educational guides for free. PhotoShelter.com slash resources. Hey there, if you love photography, you've come to the right place because you're listening to PhotoShelter's I Love Photography Live. Thanks for joining us. You might be watching us on our YouTube station at youtube.com slash photoshelter, or you might be listening to the podcast by going to Isla, uh, by going to iTunes and searching for I Love Photography. As always, I'm joined by the lovely Sarah Jacobs. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Alan. How you doing? We got a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do. But we're going to go fast. And we're, we're unofficially christening this the body issue of I Love Photography Live because we are looking at a lot of butts. And body parts because because Kim Kardashian. Because Kim Kardashian broke the internet. <laughs> she broke the internet. She tried to break the internet. She might have broken the internet. Why don't we just get straight into it? Because why not? So uh, by now, everyone has seen the cover and probably the inside spread of Paper Magazine. Um, the questionably talented Kim Kardashian. Uh, I should say questionably talented, but extremely successful. Yes. Kim Kardashian. Uh, as posed first uh, pants, pantsless. <laughs> pantsless? Pantless. Pantless. Pantless on the cover of Paper Magazine. And then when you go inside, she's actually fully nude uh, for the inside. But it's the butt picture that has caused the stir, uh, in part because it's the cover image and in part because she has a big butt. Right. And either you like big butts or you don't like big butts. Sir Mix-a-Lot, that guy likes big butts. We're all clear on that. Okay. Well, we don't need to go and look at the, uh, the paper magazine thing because everyone has seen that already. Um, but the Daily Beast did come out with 10 magazine covers you should be looking at instead of Kim Kardashian's ass uh, right now. And you know what? Some of them were pretty good. Yeah. We, and, and we both commented on one in particular. So we're looking at, well, first of all, what? Yeah. Taylor Swift here? Taylor Swift Jeez. on the cover of Wonderland. She yeah. looks incredible. That's I crazy, right? Yeah. Like, it's actually like a natural looking person, which is nice. Rihanna, I mean, that's not a, such a great shot. Um, v Magazine, interesting. Okay, that's okay. L, you know, Emma Watson. We love Emma Watson. Nice that's fresh nice. cover. Yeah, it's clean. It's simple. Lupita, cool, whatever. Vanity Fair, Angelina looking good. Looking and good. then <laughs> the fader. The, the fader, they killed it. That's a great shot of Tyler, the creator. It really is. Uh, Tyler, true. the creator, in case you don't know, is a uh, somewhat controversial hip hop artist. Um, but in that segment of the world, he too is killing it. And it didn't require him to take off any clothing to do that. But a no, great portrait not. with Fader. This is the one sort of stopped me is looking. You know, I think also the colors are really, really cool. Yeah. And they actually are the same, almost the same color tone as the backdrop for paper. Yeah. Kind of orange, brownish. Yeah. Brownish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, let's spend one minute talking about Kim Kardashian here. Okay. You know, the one thing I don't get about this, you, 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 can, you can dislike Kim because she doesn't have any talent, which I think a lot of people do. I think... But that's just part of the economy nowadays. People who are formerly useless are now useful to us. Entertainers, I was at a talk this week. 
entertainers outnumber auto workers. That's the economy we live in. So how can you, you know, she's making millions of dollars a year. She's appealing to some segment. So you can hate her if you want, but you sort of got to respect the fact that she's successful. Now, onto the other part. A lot of body shaming going on. Yeah. Which, that's the part I find disturbing. Okay, you can say, she's a mom, she shouldn't be posing nude. There's tons of moms who have posed nude. There's tons of dads who have posed nude. And then you're body shaming her because she has a big butt? That's dumb. Yeah, absolutely not okay. Okay, so enough yeah. of that. But, but hey, remember when we were talking about the LACMA, the Los Angeles uh, uh, Museum, what is LACMA? Contemporary Museum yeah. of Art. Yeah. We talked about their Snapchat account and how progressive they were because they were, they were doing memes in their Snapchat account using art. So they would do like a Beyonce thing or a Soldier Boy thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, over on Twitter, the Metropolitan Museum, this article is called Butt Checks Kim Kardashian. Uh, and it says, here at the Met, we have artworks that can hashtag break the internet too. And it's, you know, like uh, a prehistoric Venus with a big butt. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. Good, good job, Matt. Good job, Matt. Like that's the kind of thing that's going to draw the people in. And you know what? I kind of, and they tell you where it is on view in gallery 150. I kind of want to go see it. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you were at the Met? It's been a, it's been a few years. I have to be honest. There you go. Well, if Kim inspired that, then. I know. So we have a prehistoric butt. We have a contemporary butt. Yeah. And then you found more butt photos. So you can't, you can't blame all the butt photos on me because you found a whole set of butt photos. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, this series has actually been up for a while. It's shot by David Brandon Geating over for Refinery29. And it's just a series of like 20 butts, unretouched. Um, not photoshopped at all, just real women's butts and quotes from them about their relationships with their butts and how they feel about them, how they've always felt about them. It's a really hilarious little read. And also the styling done for this shoot is just amazing. Everyone's butt looks so individual. <laughs> and kitschy and ridiculous in some ways. Yes. But also like the, the shooting is very simple I and mean, it's just... Yes. Yes. It's just not a complicated light setup at all. It's just like butts and clothes. You know, I, I appreciated the fact that these are unretouched butts because the one thing, you know, when you see butts in fashion and advertising and whatnot, they're always retouched. Oh, yeah. Always retouched, right? What, we sit on our butts. Our butts are covered up in pants or whatever. It's, they're like getting scraped up. You know, when you look at a, a real-life butt, it's got stretch marks on it. I don't care how thin you are. You always have stretch marks at, at your hip joint. Um, the skin on the actual sit bones, as we like to call them, is never very nice because no. it's all roughed up. <laughs> They're just not as smooth and attractive as you see on, uh, on the TV. Right. And so the, this series, nice. the series celebrates that and all of, all of the butt's imperfections, which is great. Yeah. A lot of butts. Why don't we? Why don't we turn to boobs? Oh, okay. Sure. I guess that's boobs. just the natural progression. Kira <laughs> <laughs> Knightley, who uh, is a very accomplished actress, um, and I first saw her in *Bend It Like Beckham*, which was a great movie when she was a, when she was literally a kid, a teenager. Um, she decided that she's going to pose topless. She did pose topless. 
for Interview Magazine with the demand that they do not retouch the image, which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah, because um, she, she's experienced, obviously, a ton of retouching, specifically with her breasts. So she yes. was like, you know what? No, I'm ready to show them the way they are. So she retouch. was on a movie poster, I don't know, it was some like Robin Hood or something like that, where they dramatically enhanced her bust. She's not a busty woman whatsoever. And so she posed uh, with pants and topless, and she's, uh, she's got a small bust. And it was like, fine. And her point is like this, there's a range of what people look like. And this is what I look like. And I don't want people to make me look like I'm, I don't look. So, yeah. I was, hey, yeah. This, and, and the article accompanying it, she, she interviews the photographer and they have this nice back and forth. And um, they talk about bitch resting face, which you and I talked about oh, last week. Oh, I love bitch resting face. <laughs> yes. And also, uh, Kara asks him, you know, does everybody... With digital, does everybody obsess about the image rather than trying to actually experience and capture the moment? Which I just thought was a very thoughtful question. Good job, Kara. <laughs> yeah, you know, I read that quote and I just, I thought it was a little, that's one thing I didn't agree with. Oh, wait, she, what do you mean? She basically says that, that film photographers are better than uh, digital photographers. She, Yeah, she did mention that's that. That's essentially what she says. And it was such a gross generalization um, you know, digital gives us some stuff that film doesn't, and vice versa. And so she's just falling to me. She's just falling to sort of the 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 retro nostalgia mm. point of view. Like if you shoot it with a Leica and film, it's going to be a much more thoughtful picture, which simply is not true. No, that's not true. No. Um, but anyway, I, I I thought it was a great uh, a statement about uh, bodies, and as we look at. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Mets and the Geating photos. Hey, why don't we do one more? Okay. S since we're talking about boobs. We're on it. <laughs> hey, one of our favorite photographers, Cass Bird. Cass Bird. Shot uh, plus size <laughs> models for Vogue magazine. And, uh, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to understand, like really understand why this is even controversial or maybe, maybe it isn't controversial. Maybe it's just because, the media says it's controversial. Um, but you have here models. Yes, they're plus size models. But they're also like beautiful, you know? Yeah, these like, women this are beautiful. She's got like the, a gorgeous, gorgeous face. Um, and so it's sort of like the, what's the, the controversy here is that they're a little heavier, I mean significantly heavier than the average a zero or size two model, I get, but it's not like they're ugly. <laughs> right. Well, I think everything about this shoot is very kind of anti-vogue. I mean, first of all, the choice of having Casper and shoot it. Also, using plus size models, it just being very basic light. I mean, it's just like natural window light. You've got mm -hmm. streaks of shadows across the models' faces. In the group shot, they've like cut out one of the models, like half of her face. Like it's very imperfect, like the whole the whole setup, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think I think that adds a little bit to the controversy. But I mean, they're so beautiful. These the resulting images and the selection of the fourteen they've put up. I yeah, the, the controversy would be if you got just really ugly, overweight people to model your lingerie. 
Because then... Well, no one would buy it. Nobody would buy it, right? <laughs> so that would be controversial. But this is barely controversial. There's a lot of overweight people nowadays, and some of them happen to be very attractive. And, and there you have it. But I saw these in Cass's Instagram feed before they were out on Vogue, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go Cass. Go Cass Bird. <laughs> one of, what are we, she was one of our female photographers to watch earlier in the year. Yes, she was. All right. So enough of uh, boobs and butts for one show. Okay, we're moving on. That was a body issue. Let's move on. Let's talk about Larry Sultan and this uh, great exhibit over at LACMA. You got yeah. an exhibit at LACMA. This is some nice photography. Amazing. This is his first show after his death, his first solo show after his death. It's going to go up. Uh, it's going to be on display till March 22nd, so you definitely have time to go out there and see it. It makes me kind of want to get on a plane and see it. I know. It's pretty I mean, if you're going to go see photographs of the American West, it should probably be Larry Sultan at the LACMA. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's you know, I saw a Kubrick, a Kubrick exhibit at LACMA, and it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. He had a lot of his photo gear or his film gear, which is oftentimes still photo lenses converted uh, for use for film. And they did a really, really nice job. My favorite images from Larry Solomon, the ones I'm most familiar with are these, which you're going through now, his pictures from home, which mm -hmm. he took portraits of his parents. And they have this, it, it's not quite all documentary. He poses his mom and his dad for some of them, and then some of them are more snapshot feel like this. And that mixture is something that a lot of photographer, I mean, every photographer does today, but, you know. Yeah. He kind of, he... I don't know. He, he does it in a great way. And also his, what, it, like, there's no better place than outside of LA to create also this type of work where he's photographing yes. porn stars <laughs> on set, um, just kind of during their off moments. So, it, you know, beautifully, lit, some of them are beautifully lit. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. If you're in LA, head out to the museum. We're all about going to the museum this week. Yes. Head out to the museum and go see Larry's uh, show there. Uh, also on time, it's the uh, 40th anniversary of the Berlin Wall, and a lot of different celebrations have been going on. They, there's actually a really cool art installation that has finished, but they put up, uh, I think it was 15 kilometers or something like that, of these balloons that lit up as globes all around the city kind of outlining where the wall was previously, and it was a really, really neat uh, art exhibit. Here are some images of the Berlin Wall by Don McCullen, The Lost Negatives. And we love found photography, so what's better than The Lost Negatives here? And some of these images, first of all, you'll notice he's shooting on 6x6. Six six. Um, kind of weird to think about the wall. I mean, we, it, it happened in our, the, the wall came down in our lifetime and people are alive who sort of lived under that, that oppression. Um, but it's weird to see photos of like how it was because now Berlin is such a, such a hip place. It's strange to see all this barbed wire and people's peeking through and the fact that on one side in West Berlin, it was completely free and on the other side, people were scared for their lives. 
amazing stuff. Check it out. All of the links uh, to everything that we're looking at uh, this week and every week is available on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com. So we encourage you to see the photos for yourself. Speaking of old photos and found photos, this is allegedly the first photo of a human being from 1838 by Louis Daguerre. Daguerre, with the daguerreotype. The daguerreotype. And here's this little photo. And then down in the left corner here, if you can see my mouse cursor, is a guy who looks like he's getting his shoe shined or something of that nature. Yes, he is. Um, but kind of crazy to think that this is the first photo of a human. When f obviously humans have been around for a long time, and here's the first photo. And the, you know what's striking about this? Where's everybody else on the street? <laughs> well, it took seven minutes to take. Yeah, this. That's, that's true. So the guy stands still. You would think other people would be standing still, but I guess if if you're in a major city in 1838, then maybe people are on the move. Like, you got places to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got some old episodes of Homeland to catch up on. Right, exactly. We love, we love first photos of stuff. And so why not take the first photo of a human being juxtaposed with the first photo taken from a comet? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you know, I saw Interstellar last week. Yeah. I'm always a big fan of, of sci-fi and sci-fi movies. Um, and then you kind of think about, we put a human-built spacecraft, which traveled 300 million miles or something like that, 317 million miles, and landed on a two-mile, I mean, it's, in our head, it's a huge target, but when you think about the vastness of space, how the heck did we get a little spacecraft to land on a comet and then start taking pictures? Well, the answer to that question is science and math, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. But it's remarkable. They said, so uh, unfortunately, the uh, washing machine-sized probe looks like it bounced around a little bit, kind of landed in the shade a kilometer away from they wanted to land. Um, but the surface of the comet is apparently pitch black, pitch black. And so they have to do all of these grayscale enhancements so that you can see any detail. Um, but really just fascinating that we can do this stuff and see this stuff. And, you know, maybe you say, well, it's just a rock and whatnot. But when you think about everything that went behind it, it's a pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's just a rock moment. that's been around for six billion years. Yeah, what's the big deal? No big deal. Also, another good question is, are you, are you following Folia Landing on Twitter? Yeah, you, you can follow that be. on Twitter. Or you can follow the uh, Flickr feed as well, which is oh. putting out some pretty stunning imagery. Maybe we'll put that on our blog as well, blog.photoshelter.com. Go see those photos. Over on Back to the Fader, I, Fader's big this week for some reason. <laughs> how, would you, how would you describe Fader? Uh, it is a lifestyle and music magazine. Yeah, Mostly right. centered around hip-hop. Mostly centered around hip-hop. So uh, we, can, we can assume that this is sort of, you know, cutting-edge uh, photography and reportage, if you will. And there's a woman there uh, that is featured there named Amalia Ullman. And you're looking at her Instagram feed. And you look at it and you say, oh, just another young woman uh, scantily clad on Instagram. Turns out she's a performance artist. And turns out what she was doing all this time was staging and curating an enviable life. 
The makeover life. A makeover life. And she would sneak into fancy hotels in, she was in Los Angeles, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she would sneak into these rooms and take photos of herself, like living uh, this amazing life and post them. And she built up a big following and basically, you know, some people were criticizing her for, for, for portraying her life as this sort of fantasy land. And then the response was, but that's exactly what we all do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm doing, I'm doing as art, what everyone does just in their normal day, curating their life, taking the high points, making their life seem like it's like a movie. And so you can say, okay, well, that's BS. She's just trying to grow her following and whatnot. But actually, I thought this was a pretty interesting commentary on contemporary culture. Yeah, absolutely. On the whole Insta-bragging culture. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting read. You should read this one. That's all. That's all. Yeah, not not paper. amazing photos. It's not really about no. the idea behind yeah, it. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of a lot of photography that we've seen, particularly in like the art world, is not great photo. It's not great photography. Mm. It's 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 the photography in combination, for better or for worse, the photography in combination with the artist's statement that makes it as interesting as anything else because there's intent behind it. You remember when we were looking at the the photos of the of the oldest things on Earth? That uh, was a long time ago. It was like the moss that was like you know um, ten thousand oh, years old yes. or whatnot. Yes. And they're like, oh, these photos aren't that great. That's right. And they weren't. But she was going around all over the world and taking photos of the oldest things, and it was. And, and that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Great idea. She had intent. She went out and she did it. Um, so Fader, as we've mentioned, is a lifestyle music magazine centered around mostly hip hop. And they have a 15-year-old photo archive. And they yeah. just partnered up with uh, Visco. Our favorite, Visco. Our favorite. <laughs> yeah, they have 94 issues under their belt. So it's about time for them to start organizing all the imagery and kind of resurfacing those things that haven't been seen. So they've partnered up with Visco uh, to create... Stories, you, they'll be able to tell stories from behind the shoots and just kind of bring back out some outtakes, things like that. It's going to be, it's a very hip partnership, I have to say. Visco just came out with a new release of their software yesterday, which allows you to uh, overlay type and make, make your Visco um, collections a little more magazine-like. Oh. Is my understanding. I haven't actually downloaded it yet. Um, but that's sort of an interesting... A uh, combination of of new features with uh, a great archive. Is this Andre three thousand? What are we looking at? It is. It is Andre three thousand from huh. like the year two thousand. <laughs> there's some great. There's some great photos here for sure. Yes, I'll, I'll be interested to see to follow this. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to a new version of Visco to to take a look at that. Um. Gosh, how the heck did I find this? Because I've never been to anothermag.com. Uh, but, you know, we're all about finding new places on the Internet, like we found circuscompetition.com the other week. That's right. we, we, or where would we feature circuscompetition.com on a photo shelter, uh, I Love Photography broadcast. But this is anothermag.com. 
And the photographer, uh, my Dutch is so bad, Hans Eichelbloom. Eichelbloom. Eichelbloom, I'm going to go with that. On photography for aliens. <laughs> you like this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a, a smart dude. Um, he's He's been taking street photography photos since 1992 to 2013, and now it's being collected into a book. And uh, he's quoted in here saying, you know, it's strange. When I started doing photography, I was doing it for myself, and now I've ended up doing it for aliens because this is such a great collection of images to show how do humans work and what do we dress in and how does culture affect us and how we present ourselves in public. I, I really liked these uh, images and I, I, I just love the juxtaposition of, you know, people all doing the same thing, but they're all different people and potentially in different places or people wearing exactly the same thing. Uh, it makes you consider sort of what individualism is Mm -hmm. um, and our options to actually be an individual are somewhat limited. Yeah. Particularly when you look at fashion and clothing. Um, but all of this stuff, which is great, and I really want to get the book, maybe I'll order that on Amazon. It reminded me of a New York Magazine cover story um, about what, what, what was called the Grups. And the Grups were people, you know, in their 40s, trying to pretend that they're much younger. Not that I know anything about that, but, um, but the, the photographer who did the cover image, which was very similar to this kind of stuff. It was, you know, a grid of 16 images of guys all dressed exactly the same, um, you know, 10 years younger than they should be dressing, whatever that means. Um, but the photographer who did that, uh, does this site called exactitudes. Um, and it's, Basically, that same sort of concept, although they're doing it against Seamless. Um, but the same pose, the same sort of angle to the camera, the same type of clothing, the same types of expressions, um, which make makes for a very, very interesting set of images. It, it's weird that they had to register it, though, exactitudes. Really? What do you mean? Register that as, a, as, a, as like a, a registered trademark, exactitudes. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, it's got the, yes. It's a little strange. <laughs> Um, but, but a neat set of images to just kind of go through and see people are looking really norm ish in these photos. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are. It's all, there's no logos. It's all just like blank. But a, but a fun project. And you know, if you did it once, whatever, if you do it like 500 times, now you have a, a body of work, um, and you're doing it all around the world and it, it gets to be pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. On American Photo, we've talked a lot about retouching in the past. We've talked about it in the context of photo contests. This was actually a very, very well-written article by Scott Alexander talking about retouching photojournalism. Uh, there's an agency in Italy called 10B Photography that does so much retouching for uh, the photojournalists around the world. Um, and it's interesting to read about what they do. So... For 10B, I, I think it was, I was looking at their price list the other day. I want to say it's something like 15 euro to retouch, just basic toning of an image, um, which isn't bad, which isn't bad. Part of their technique, so now you just saw before and after. So here's the before. Which I actually prefer. Which I actually prefer. And here's the <laughs> after. So obvious 
curve adjustments have been made here. They, they also always intentionally add grain structure to the images, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. They're trying to emulate film even though we're shooting on digital. So again, it's sort of like listening to a modern digital recording where they put in sort of that record, record background static noise to make it look retro. Um, so there's a bit, I think there's a big psychological effect that goes on when you do this. And it's strange. I mean, I think that the, the notion is that images straight out of the camera, and we know this, especially if you're shooting raw, images straight out of the camera tend to be a little flat. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's any ethical question about adjusting a tonal curve to add a little bit more contrast and whatnot. They're going a little bit beyond that in, in, in my uh, opinion, boosting saturation, really changing the contrast and the toning. But on the other hand, you know what? Photographers have been doing this since the, the advent of photography. Yeah, exactly. Ron Haviv is quoted in here and he says, you know, when I was shot slide film, I chose film and fil- filters based on the look I wanted to present in the final product. You know, it's the same, same idea. Yeah, so here, uh, a Yuri Kosarev photo uh, from the Noor agency, uh, left is before and right is after. And really, I like the before photo mm. a lot more. It, yeah. It's hard to say, you know, because you you have the benefit of seeing the before and the after. So you don't have a, you have a visceral reaction to the comparison. You don't have a visceral reaction to the image itself. Um, I, we published a, an article that I wrote called uh, Is Black and White Photography a Gimmick? Um, and I interviewed a bunch of different photographers and a lot of them said color is a distraction from the content. Um, and so you can see when you change the white balance back to this very, very heavy orange sodium light color, it's going to have a, a psychological effect that wouldn't be there if it was just black and white. And in a lot of these photos, not only are we seeing contrast changes, we're seeing pretty significant color shifts as well. So to the point of the people who are pro black and white, it's kind of affecting psychologically the way that you view the photo. But a really interesting read, worth worth checking out on AmericanPhotomag.com. Martin Schiller is one of our favorite photographers, portrait photographers. We talked about this guy a lot. Obviously, he's got this very signature look for his photos. He has done uh, a huge body of work using the Kino lights that make people look like they have cat eyes. We've seen different lighting patterns where he does the uh, kind of the beauty dish and the reflector at the bottom. Um, but here's a really interesting uh, exhibit of photos that uh, are going to be shown. It's a retrospective of his career at Hasted Quilter. I don't know what gallery that is. I'm not really really a gallery person. I don't Uh, either. But the New Yorker selected a good little chunk of his work that reminded me, oh, yeah, he doesn't just have his one signature look. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, a lot of these weren't his. No, this one of Little Kim I love, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of the Marilyn Monroe image from Richard Avedon. Yes. <laughs> uh, the curtain. pink, the blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, totally. I'm always trying to look in the eyes. Whenever I look at a Martin photo, I'm always looking in the eyes because I want to see how he lit it. And look, it's like, I don't know what this lighting pattern is in Kim's eyes. I'm going to have to see a larger photo of that. This is a great photo of Jeffrey Rush. 
part partly because of the styling and the makeup, but um, you know, Kate Blanchett, lovely. The guy's very very talented. Come on. Yeah. And, and uh, we were looking at photos of Tavi uh, a few yeah. weeks ago, and he had done more uh, documentary style images, and so we saw stuff like this with Tavi, um, in addition to to his portraiture style that a lot of people are familiar with. But I kind of like this as well. I mean, it's very well composed, well exposed. Obviously, they lightened up the face a little bit there, but it's a great photo, Tony Hawk. <laughs> See, this also, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, great photo. Great photo, all those dogs in the action. So if you're inclined, go see these photos. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be huge, and you can see all the lighting patterns and try to figure out what he's doing. Martin gets around, and so Martin's a contributing photographer to Time magazine, and he got the cover this week. We talked about Taylor already, and here she is. The power of Taylor Swift. She yanked her catalog from Spotify, which bummed me out a little bit because I was listening to that song. <laughs> I was listening to Shake It Off a lot. It's a catchy it, tune. It abruptly stopped. And you're like, hey, Taylor, what's going on? You know, Taylor suffers from the same affliction as Kim Kardashian in that a lot of people express their hatred for Taylor Swift. And I have to say, I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world, but she's the only person this year that's had an album go platinum. She sold over a million records of her, her new record, 1989, in, in a week. Amazing. Uh, she is the most... The successful female artist, and maybe I, I mean, in, in entertainment, she might be the most successful. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check that fact. But she's her net worth is something like 190 million dollars, and she's what 23 years old. Yeah, she's like 24, no, 89. She was born in 89. She's That's born the in 89. So yeah, yeah so exactly. So she's like 24, 25. 25. Um, so when you think about again, how how can you quibble with success? And in this case, she's not untalented she has talented she has a talent she's a she's a great performer she's a good singer and and she's, she's like every like america's musician. best friend kind of deal america's best friend and okay so she shouldn't be new york's ambassador maybe that I know. we we have a problem with that but uh but you know you see all this charity work that she's doing and she speaks out for women and you know she's doing her thing so anyway martin uh shot this photo uh, at her uh, parents' home in Tennessee, I believe it was. And here we go with kind of um, more of a reportage style. Not completely, obviously. This is very, very lit and very, very posed. But Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Martin's everywhere, and so is Taylor. And I thought this photo was lovely. <laughs> yeah, but I prefer the Wonderland cover, which I don't know who shot that. Yeah, but, and I'm but... wondering how old she was in that. Because she looks like she's a little bit younger in that one, and I wonder if they just kind of pulled an old uh, photo. Maybe, but I don't know. Martin has, with his lights, he can, you know, yeah, make, you look, make you look older. That's very true. You know, she has this sort of kind of classic face, but upon analysis, I know this sounds ridiculous to say, but she's a very attractive woman. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. She's the America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. <laughs> Why even contemplate that she's not America's sweetheart. We always like to end on a fun note. Um, and sometimes it's about photography, uh, like photos themselves. And sometimes it's just about things in photography. And this week, um, it was a, uh, a, a YouTube series, actually. They show 
Okay, so th these guys, they interview old people and young people, and they show them different things. Sometimes with the young people, they're showing them technology that, that existed prior to these young people being born. A lot of times, you know, they'll show old people like hip-hop, raunchy music videos and get their reaction. So there was a whole uh, uh, video of old people uh, watching Nicki, Nicki Minaj's Anaconda video, um, which features a lot of butts, uh, a lot of twerking, uh, a lap dance with Drake. I mean, it's got it's got everything you want, right? So, <laughs> this one was kids react to old cameras. So they pulled out this old Canon point and shoot, a film camera, and they tried to have kids figure out how what it was and how it operated. Um, and I think maybe one or two kids actually could figure out how to load the film into the camera. Wow. But they all were confused by the notion that you had to take the film so you had to load the film, you shot a photo, you couldn't see it immediately, you had to take it to the mall, you'd have to wait, and minds were blown. <laughs> they were. Their reactions are, are priceless. And one kid, he's trying to put in the film, and he's like, I hope there's a YouTube tutorial on how to do this. <laughs> Kids are really funny. I know, they're great. You know, I was having lunch with my cousin and his wife, and they have a kid who's two and a half years old. And his wife, who's a music teacher, um, she said, well, I was singing, and all of a sudden I stopped singing because I, I had to concentrate on something and focus. And our son Ryan said, mommy's loading. Because he equates waiting with, waiting for a, with the loading message. Oh, no. Insane? Yes, it is. But anyway, this was, this was actually a really interesting video to watch because these kids are really smart. I don't know if I don't know if kids are generally this smart, but they they have very very sort of informed perspectives. And there was a little girl I can't remember exactly what she was saying, but she was just breaking it down um, and saying like, "This is why that was that's so ridiculous. Why would you ever do that?" Um, and it it just reminded me of how how far we've come with technology and with photography uh, specifically in just 15 years with digital photography. It's 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 really quite amazing. Well, that was a lot of uh, boobs, butts, photos. <laughs> what else did we see this week? We saw a lot. I have, uh, I have a new Logitech uh, webcam here, and it's uh, back-focused. So if you think I look blurry right now, it's not your eyes. It's actually my camera. Um, unfortunately, I threw away the packaging, so I don't know whether... <laughs> oh, I'm able to return it. I just assume these things are going to work. I assume the technology is going to work, Sarah. I know. Well, it should. Logitech, are you listening? Send us a new camera. Yeah, but we always try that and it, it never works. <laughs> nope. So we have a little bit of a polar vortex approaching most of the continental U.S. Uh, a slight difference from the 80-degree weather that I experienced just a few days ago in Hawaii makes me wonder why I came back to this mess. I don't know why you, you know did. What? I, 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 I was sort of complaining to a friend about the snow, and she said, you know, that's the wrong attitude. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Snow, it's, it's wonderful. So there you go. One way, to, one way to think of it. Let's do that. So let's enjoy our freezing cold uh, weekend uh, as we move into 30s and 20 degree uh, weather next week. Uh, but I can guarantee you we'll have less butts on next week's show unless the Internet breaks again. Uh, but for Sarah Jacobs, this is Alan Murabayashi. Thanks for joining us.
for I Love Photography Live. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.